Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 472 of the JV Club with my first June boy of summer, James C. Some of you may know James as the Cabbage Merchant from Avatar The Last Airbender. Others of you may know some of his prolific other acting and voiceover work. The main thing that I talk about with James as we dig into teenage years is the YA novel that he has recently released. I love it so much. It's called All Kinds of Other. We talk about it on this episode as well as a bunch of other stuff. He is so delightful. Oh my gosh. Longtime listeners of the podcast, you are going to really get why I sort of freak out out at some of the references that he makes because they are so near and dear to my heart. So please enjoy this episode. Happy Pride Month. And I'm sending you lots of love from Europe, where I am as you're listening to this. I've had all sorts of thing, feelings about this, about this upcoming this podcast. You have? Yeah, it's like you have. I thought, oh my! Like, what am I gonna? How? How? What are the depths I'm gonna try to plumb? No, like, oh, I think I'm gonna break this podcast. Like, this is the one <laughs> interview after 987 <laughs> interviews. She'll be like, no, I'm not gonna do it anymore. I'm finished. I'm done. This was such a horrific shit show that. Oh. Oh, in that case, I wish I would have saved you till 500. That feels like a really good time to just go like, I wipe my hands and how, Well, yes. I, my question to you is how do you, I mean, how do you do this? How do you do this? So, so many interviews. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, after a while, I think it's just, and I don't want to write it off by saying it's habit forming because that definitely sounds like who cares and I'm just doing it out of rote, you know? Yes. But it is like it is like a positive habit, which is to say that I made the commitment to record an episode every week as much as I could. You know, there's obviously a few a handful of weeks through the year that like it just something comes up and I end up reissuing an old episode. But for the most part, it is it definitely hovers around 45 episodes or 50, like almost 50 per year. But it's just like, that's part of my week now. You know what I mean? But, it's just sort of, and then, or I can do a bunch in a few days and then go off and work on something and know that I have them banked and ready to go. But I, I do, I'm, I am so interested in people. Are you really? I'm so, so interested in people. There's never that moment where you're like, okay, this is uh, talking about family 6B that I know. <laughs> I'm, you know, like, okay, now they're going to talk about the blah, 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 really? blah, blah. No? Not really, especially, and there are episodes where, you know, we barely get into teen stuff, and then mm. there are episodes that, you know, I hardly know anything about the person except their teenage years, because <laughs> we just go in hard and fast, but um, but it's always, it's always different, and, and, you know, there's just always something, like, I get excited when I hear a kernel that is reminiscent of a past guest, and I, I sort of connect those dots, because I think, oh, my long-term listeners are going to make that connection, mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't know. I Yeah, I really I really like it, but but let's stop talking about me for a second, because I got to tell you, yes. I love your book so much. Oh, you read it. I'm not finished with it. Okay. I am... I don't want to give too many spoilers, but if I say nurse's office post donut holes, oh, you're, that's you're, where I you're am in, right now. You're in deep. You're in deep. I love it, James. You're such a wonderful oh, writer. It's thank so you. lovely. It's so good, and it's funny. Like Jules, this Jules stuff, and the Adam, uh, the 
Yeah. The, the, the sort of like, yeah, I mean, you, the, I, again, I don't want to give too much away, but like the alternate personas that do the show are so funny and wonderful. And, you know, Jules perspective and the sort of wry humor, it makes me feel like, again, like I don't know your personal friendship voice mm-hmm. in friendships because I don't know you well yet. But the humor feels like you can't make that up from nowhere. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like that's all you, the sort of like wonderful sort of tucked under, you know, moments of like, well, it could be (laughs) like, it's just so charming. And it's, I just, I just love it. And it's heartbreaking, you know, it's because I do have that feeling all the time about Mm, mm. teenagers. Like I'm always worried about them, not in like a helicopter mom way but just in that like oh gosh what's the perfect balance of like adversity versus support versus you know how much like how much do you want them to have to go through of course you don't want them to go through anything but then these amazing fierce phoenixes rise out of some of the toughest bullying and so i just like go back and forth in my head every freaking day about stuff like this when I'm reading a book like yours and so I'm just so excited and curious to because you know I know you have a kiddo and um, I just want to you know so I definitely obviously very excited to talk about you you but I also um, I'm just I'm so interested in talking about the book again I cannot highly recommend it enough so I don't want to like get too into plot stuff because I really want people to read it or listen to the audiobook. But um, but I guess I would say p- partly narrated. Yes. Oh, and by the way, the the second narrator who reads yes. Jack is uh, yes. he is amazing. Um yeah. uh, his name is uh, Sean Dasani. Yes. And uh, he's just And then you have great. Rain yes. doing yes. the yeah. Okay. I, I bought the body of okay. don't worry. <laughs> I, I just am all in. I'm all in. I mean, I would definitely say that I um as far as like my voice versus the book's voice, I am definitely more of a Jules, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and I'd say a lot of of the Jack sections are my son. My son has that oh, level okay. of snarkiness slash yeah. vulnerability. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah. The jewels, the jewels is that's the closest to me. Like the jewel stuff is is I think how that's the most for me identifiable about how my brain tends to work. Oh really? And, Why? Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. I just that's the humor. Like the <laughs> the. I wish I could give you a specific example. I wish I had the book in front of me. I'd flip through and find something because you just said something. I mean, you know, the whole like dressing up for Halloween and sort of his experience of trying to like <laughs> to have the self awareness to have a sense of humor about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, in just the way that you write him, I think is just it's just lovely, and and it's, it's the the insecurities also are ver- yeah, oh, are very sure. me that you know not for sure not and being using sure. humor you know even internally sort of using humor to defend yourself but also to sometimes diffuse stuff like right. you know like if I can like maybe if I can make myself laugh about the situation I've put myself into even if it's all going on up here there's something about that where you've created this kind of part of you that's like hey buddy <laughs> like don't be too like look it, this is i mean you can see it from the outside you can see how this kind of funny like do you know what yeah, i mean yeah i don't know I, it's it's wonderful did it's you wonderful. um yeah not to get too much into it but did you find the tumblr sections mm-hmm. hard to read no i'm just no, wondering no, 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 because no, i think it's a generational thing there are some readers yeah, who are yeah. like i i can't i can't read it it's too difficult and uh, yeah. and i would say to them you've never read texts from from teenage right. boys where it's like sure, you know sure. where you're looking at it and you're like wait is there a question here is there 
something you want. I have no idea what you're saying. I don't know what your intonation is because they don't use yeah. punctuation and they just kind of right. run on. So yeah, I was trying to get no. That. And I would say to that person, like, um, feel free to listen. You could read along with the audiobook if you want to. <laughs> if you want to just fast forward through to the tumblers, you can just enjoy. You know, Sean, is it Sean? Yeah, is it Sean? Sean. Yeah, Sean's. You can enjoy Sean's. You know, wonderful rendering of it, and you'll feel like there's all the punctuation you need. He. he he holds your hand right through that. It takes you right where you need to go. I mean, it was great um, as far as like this, you know, this podcast does talk about teenage issues and challenges. And yeah. and I'd say writing this book has allowed me this glimpse into today's teenagers, you know, yeah. and plus having a teenager, you know, uh, yeah. a teenage son. So yeah. how old is how old your son? He is. 20 about to become 21 i can't believe it oh my it's gosh. it's pretty amazing yeah and he's going to nyu he's oh, that's fabulous um but you know there's i got to witness firsthand that horrible middle school going to high school you know where mm-hmm. you don't know who you are hormones are raging um you don't trust your parents but you don't trust anyone else you're just kind of feeling isolated mm-hmm. So that that was very easy to write because, you know, we had gone through it. Yeah. But also, you know, even if you're a person who doesn't have kids and just remember being a young person, mm-hmm. there's I want to encourage everyone. You know, it is not there. It is universal in the way that, you know, all timeless things are, whether the technology changes. Rest assured, you're going to identify with these characters, which I think is it's you know it's 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 comforting in a way but it's also troubling cuz you cuz you're sort of reminded that like there's just always there yeah. may always be something that others a right. person a, there's going to be some somebody's going to be in the place where in their life or what's ever going on with them they're going to other somebody and maybe it was this thing yesterday and it's this thing tomorrow mm-hmm. but you know we're we're definitely going to be confronting that, I think. You know, we're not going to, we're not a perfect, <laughs> we are so far from being a perfect species that, you know, it's so messy. Um, <sighs> before I go any further, yes. I just want people to know a little bit about uh, the story itself because now, now I'm like dropping so many breadcrumbs that people are going to be like, my mind is swimming. What's going on? At least let's put, uh, Janet, please put this in context. <laughs> so, uh, so this is a story that takes place essentially present day, mm-hmm. right? Is that fair to yeah. say? And it takes place at a high school in Los Angeles, a public high school in Los Angeles. Um, we have a couple of really key characters um, who meet for the first time and have uh, the experience of crushing on each other and then having, you know, um, information about one of their pasts kind of come to light, which is, by the way, everyone's adult fear about YouTube. Oh, exactly. Is like, yeah. Oh, no, it lives forever. Like, what if you just, you know, how, like, how is this going to affect me later? What if I don't, you know, and we worry about kids posting stuff and, right. you know, how are they going to handle it if, if like, this gets used against them in some way? Um, and it and will. So, it will. And it will. <laughs> it, will. <laughs> it will. It's just a different ammunition. Um, and so that's that's and so that's that's where I am. I'm in I'm in the place in the book where for for, you know, all of you who haven't read it yet, um, where the secret's out and we are finding out how 
that's going to affect the character whose secret it was and how it's going to affect the the character that we spend, I guess, most of... No, that's not no, true. We spend half equal half. time with both of them. Yeah. We spend equal time with both of them. We start out spending more time with Jules and then we sort of switch over and hear more from Jack. But... Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know oh. how, what's going to be resolved, but um, there are big things coming at your way. Oh, it's so good! It's so good, <laughs> and I love it. And it makes me cry. You know, I'm just like, I'll just be, ha- I'll just have tears splattering. Well, that's my that's my goal. My goal in life is to get Janet well, to cry. So I'm very it, happy. You 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 needed to. You, I think you had me at like page two. So <laughs> you're fine. And when you talked about <laughs> your fears of how kids are. That's where, like, the parents came in? Because usually with a lot of YA books, the parents are either perfect right. or they're non-existent. And we just deal with mm. children's lives. Um, yeah. But for me, being a parent, I think that component was really important. Not uh, mostly to show <laughs> the various ways that you could really screw up, you know? there right. There are many different ways to screw up parenting. And yeah. I've probably done most of them. So... Um, it was it was important for me to show like, no, because, you know, we're of a generation or I'm of a generation where um, there are a lot of new issues out there. And yeah. and if you try to stay in your own mindset about sexuality and gender, then you are going to be completely closed off to this conversation that is happening yeah. now. And yeah. um, and that's that's really detrimental to your child, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's really I I mean, that's something that I would I would love to talk more about because Mm -hmm. it is it can be sort of a hot button issue even within the LGBTQIA plus. Whoa, you got Um, all the letters, all of them. (laughs) You get a you get an honorary flag for pride. Congratulations. Uh, Baby, I get a real flag for pride. Um, But uh, but yeah, so this idea of like. You know, this idea of being very of being of being queer, yeah. of, of an adult who feels like they're queer positive and then is confronted with a trans situation. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I now I'm seeing where. Mm-hmm. And again, it's this sort of new identification of borders. It's just a sort of new definition of borders, because there was a time yes. where, you know, publicly. No, like no kid would tell their parent and no parent would ever accept this thing about them. Yes. And then, you know, back in the day, it was like as bad to be a woman who wanted to wear jodhpurs <laughs> as it was to be gay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you might as well have been like they were both just awful. And then there's a time when it's OK to tell your parents you're a girl who wants to wear pants. And then there's a time that maybe maybe you can tell your parents that you're in love with another girl. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I'm using obviously female identifying stuff right now, but. So this idea of like the evolution of parents and what they're afraid of and where their phobias and their fear meet, um, it's just so it's so rough. And it's I think, you know, having compassion for those parents and, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't stop saying like meet someone where they are, but don't leave them there because that that was said to me once. And it's just such a hopeful um, perspective. But, you know, this like. We've all we I think at this point we've all heard a story, known someone or seen depicted mm-hmm. the story of the parent who's like, I don't it's not that I don't want you to be gay. Let's just use gay mm-hmm. as the example for right now. It's that I'm so worried about what will happen to you. 
Right. I'm worried. I'm fine with it. But like what a mixed message. Do you know what I mean? I'm fine with it. But if you could just keep it hidden, I'm so worried that someone will beat you to death. And if you could just. Right. And you know what I mean? And it's understandable. But it's also it's, like, it's also a matter of right of they even the most liberal people in Los Angeles. I've run across this many times, even among my gay male friends. They, you know, some of them are like, oh, but pronouns. Oh, come on. Can we just not do that? I'm, they're willing to go so far, but they don't. Th- th- at some point, like it's it's as if a door has shut on their um, willingness to be uh, to understand n- new things. You know, right. they they have such an identity of I'm liberal. I'm progressive. I'm on the right side of things. And then when they're confronted with, oh, uh, I don't understand this, and I actually probably, you know, committed a microaggression towards this person, it's very difficult for them to reconcile the fact that they have learning to do, you know? Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And yeah, it's, it's, and then you, and then you add, you stir in the ingredient of, you know, like the having the conversation about kids being trans is mm-hmm. new. Yes. That doesn't absolutely. mean that it's new to be trans right. by any stretch of the imagination, but it's new. And so when you take new, different, and kids right. and p- put that in a mixing bowl, you know, people get real nervous. And then you start having, you know, these blowouts on social media where, you know, a celebrity says something that is patently transphobic, but it's also mixed in with like concerns that real parents actually have about their kid. Mm -hmm. And really thinking like, you know, if it's if I if like, you know, again, I'm not a parent, it's very easy for me to sort of not worry about that stuff again like my my cousin who's like my brother um i don't have siblings he is my brother you know what i mean my dad was very much like his dad mm-hmm. um is trans and that's been a part of my life for a long time i had you know a a uh identifying as lesbian cousin in my life mm-hmm. for my life and then he transitioned quite some time ago um and does a ton of work with with trans youth and um all that being said like I totally understand a parent who's like, well, I would be worried about my nine-year-old shooting up heroin. Why can't I be a little worried about my kiddo wanting to start taking, you know, starting to talk about testosterone or whatever when I'm still as a parent going like, whoa, 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 what? Well, and which Um, is why. And that's a, you know, and and, but so and so parents need to have a safe place where they can ask that. Right. And I think most places are safe. It's just the freaking Internet and social media it can become so combative and, all, well, all the way around. And also um, how governmental leaders can use that fear to yes. to gin up fear, to, to, to make it a, a maelstrom of, of Absolutely. fear. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I would say and that... I feel so dangerous. Yeah. It feels so dangerous to be like, we're making progress. Right, no, and then... When you <laughs> express this thing, I'm worried that it gives this landslide of stuff that we're barely pushing back the opportunity to flood everything and undo all the work so it's a messy time it's It's a beautiful struggle it's a messy time (laughs) it's you know what i mean i just always try to tell myself it's growing pains it's growing pains even you know my own moments of of slipping and not doing anything on purpose but getting a pronoun wrong i'm always so horrified yeah same with me then you don't want to like draw attention to it you know what i mean like it's a whole thing 
thing, <laughs> but it's like coming from a place of growth, I think, right? I'm, well, I just historically, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing trans rights are at the kind of same point as gay rights were in, I'd say, maybe 1979. And, you know, we saw the same things. When when I was growing up, there was Anita Bryant and the, you can't let gay people teach your children. Let's have that fear. Let's put that fear into uh, all the parents' minds. Oh, those, they're, they're, they're trying to groom you. They're, they're going to assault your children. And it's the same arguments that are trotted out now for trans people in bathrooms and things like that. It's, it's yeah. ginning up that we don't understand it, and so it must be bad. I know. The bathroom thing is just oh, like... It's so it's That was one of the hardest ones because it was the most preposterous. <laughs> <laughs> just in the sense of like, what, what are you taught? Like, what are you doing, guys? No! Yeah. You think this is the... You, I'm sorry. You think this is the danger to your children? Right, right. And what? and who who is oh more at risk goodness. here, the trans kid, or or the the kid who is a cisgendered kid? You know who That's who is so going to be more likely to be bullied strange. and and hurt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just that's just the yeah. That was just the like. Oh my gosh, we're so eager still to. I mean, it's just it's 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 so sad that like it I the, the compassion kicks in. That it's so sad that we are so afraid to confront how ordinary Mm. it is to do evil or to do bad because bad was done to you. That we are constantly desperate to find somebody different who must be the Mm -hmm. culprit. It's like, oh, honey, straight daddies (laughs) are doing it to their daughters a lot more (laughs) than... A trans woman in a woman's bathroom. Yes. Like, what are you doing? But it's like, oh, it's out there. (laughs) It's out there. And that's and I'm so proud of uh, the our our species for at various paces making progress in acknowledging those things. And I, you know, I look at the conversations happening about mental health now, and even just how much more out there they are than when I was a teenager. I'm so happy and so pleased and so hopeful. But we're still we just have a long way to go. And don't you think that the media, the media, as far as like TV shows and movies. Because there's more, I think, more diversity now. You can you can look at issues like mental health and yeah. and uh, trans rights, and you could you know that's the first step in empathy is being able to see it and and understand. Oh, this is what they're going through. Okay, we're gonna take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hi, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. And the three of us host The Flophouse. It's a podcast where we watch a new bad movie and then we talk about it. Dan, you say it's hosted by the three of us. We've had a lot of great guest co-hosts like Gillian Flynn, Jamel Bowie, John Hodgman, Jessica Williams, Wyatt Cenac, Joe Bob Briggs, Josh Gondelman, Roman Mars. Yeah, and you said new movies. But what about the time we did Meatballs 2? Okay, okay, yeah. Sometimes we do older movies and sometimes we have guests, but mostly it's about us talking about like recent bad movies. And don't forget about the 
ones where I made you do a role-playing game where you played cartoon dogs. All right, yeah. But Shouldn't a promo be a really simple explanation about what our show's about? So what's the show about, Dan? What's it about? <laughs> what's it about? It's about friendship, all right? It's about our friendship and how we love each other. The Flophouse. It's a podcast mostly about bad movies on Maximum Fun. All right, let's talk about your teenage years. We've talked about what how, what we see today. Wow. We've talked about your beautiful and wonderful novel. Um, All Kinds of Other is the name of it. Please tell me I didn't, like, suddenly make up a name that I... <laughs> That's perfect. That's the name. <laughs> <laughs> Available where books are sold. I've read hundreds of pages of it. <laughs> if I get the name wrong, I don't know what I'll do. It's called Electric uh, Boogaloo, actually. <laughs> and, and I don't know how you got the all kinds of other things. I but don't know either. Electric Boogaloo. I don't know either. How odd. <laughs> um, but, you know, so how much, when you're writing something like that, as a, using that as a kind of segue, are you kind of calling back because that's what we do? We We compare, we remember, we you know, think about what our own experiences were like. Um, was that part of the experience for you was sort of, or were you separating yourself from your own memories of high school as you're writing about this contemporary high school? Were, were memories of your own kind of coming into play or were you living more in this this world and it wasn't about James and his, and his past? I think as an author, you can't help but put, to, to put your DNA in whatever you're doing, no matter how, distant it is from your personal experience. I mean, I hope that people do, but I, you know, yeah. I don't want to like No, but they do. That and and it's else. and it, I think it's it's almost impossible not to have uh the book's light shine through your prism. Yeah. Because um it, I mean, if you're making it personal at all, if you you know, if you yeah. if you're putting stakes into it. Um, right. So while I did a lot of research with, you know, interviewing kids and going to um, LGBT centers to kind of interview um, trans kids, too, um, the emotions are always the same. That, you know, the longing, the feeling like an outsider, those are things that, you know, you can I can easily draw upon. And so hopefully that infuses the characters with a very real sense of those emotions. It absolutely does. Um, where did you yeah. Where did you go to high school? Uh, Columbia High School in New Jersey. So I was I'm in right. like the Maplewood area. It's like near the Oranges, and just a path ride away from New York. Yeah. Yeah. What was Was it a public school? Uh, yes, we were all it was all public, and and was it a big school? Yeah, it was pretty big. No, so here's the thing, Janet. Here's <laughs> the, this is your big challenge. This is your very huge challenge. Um, it's very difficult for me to access my childhood. Um, it's like my my I've been learned I learned through my childhood that memory is dangerous hmm. and uh, it's best to forget. And so hmm. it's interesting I've been I've been kind of grappling with this because you know, <laughs> As a writer, you'd think you need to draw upon your past and but it's all it's in the most shredded kind of um old yellowed parchment that is going to blow away as soon as you kind of look at it as soon as you open to that page, it's starting to crumble already which which uh is is very disconcerting um and but what happens is then 
uh, it transitions so that through my writing of fiction, suddenly I'll get memories. But it's it's a memory that is changed and shifted into fiction. But right. but the 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 emotions are there. So, for yeah. instance, my first book was. Um, Still Life Las Vegas. And when I'm writing it, it's, you know, it's about Las Vegas and a journey and s- people who have a, a religion of being statues. Um, the the main person is that there's this woman um, who has abandoned her child and is, you know, uh, going to Las Vegas for a pilgrimage to see Liberace. So it's not nothing that I did. And I didn't think it was about me at all. And then... It was only after I was reading it and reading reviews that I realized, oh, this is everything about me. This is about a child who was abandoned by his mother. I don't know why I didn't see it at the time. Maybe I I didn't allow myself because it was too dangerous, right? So I would – so through those fantastical images and metaphors, oh – this is all about me coming to terms with my my mother who who left when she when I was yeah. five. So it's it's very interesting how authors can trick themselves into believing that it's not about them, but in reality, it's all about them. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. It's amazing that it made it all the way into other people's hands and that sort of hearing it. Yeah. But that's kind of the amazing thing about art too is the community aspect of it when it when it leaves you mm-hmm. and goes out into the world and becomes so many different things to so many different people. Um that's, you know, I I, I hate to use the word humbling because it's I feel like it's kind of trite now, but um, and it, it, I feel like that is a, that is an occasion in which it is probably most apt mm-hmm. just because you're sort of, you know, it's one of those words where people say, like, you know, I'm so humbled. And you think, like, why are you saying like, as I say, this is a young person, because I remember hearing this as a young person be like, what do you why are you humbled by this? You're everyone's lauding you. Everyone's telling you how great you are. Should be a huge ego boost. What do you mean? It's humbling. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, it's supposed to be. And then and then as you get older, you go like, oh, that's when you realize that the thing that you were part of is so much bigger than you right. and that it would never be anything to anyone if there weren't people there who are of like beautiful heart and mind and brokenness and and openness and the people who are going to turn it into something that lives outside of you and then it just becomes so much bigger and um, do you know what no, I mean? I mean, do you feel true. that way? That's, that's a really great. Humbling? No, but that's a really great uh, <laughs> uh, way to put things because you're right. It's it's humbling because they are taking your experience and they're and they're expanding it to include their own. You know what I mean? Like they've become yeah. part of your your psyche in a way because they yeah. they feel they're they're feeling what you what you wrote down. And so yeah, yeah I think that's that's why it's humbling. It's lovely. Yeah. It's lovely. So I I, I mean I, it's it's extraordinary and so and so amazing. Now what when you realize that what were the feelings that came up for you? Were you sort of like was there neg- there was anything negative about that or was it just sort of like okay, this is my this is my truth. The truth is that I was writing about myself. Or did, or was that you know like okay well now I have a whole other thing I got to process <laughs> I better get to it no because know? I don't think people know people don't don't assume that you know right that it's so so in a way the author is very shielded 
you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say that the bigger problem, especially in YA books today, is um, how do I put this? It's there's a there's a growing need for authenticity, and that's a good thing, right? Right. Um, of of having people write about their own experiences, of of holding their own experiences. Um, but the darker side of that is that there are gatekeepers who want to make sure that you only write about what you are. And that tends to silo people, you know, in their, in their experience, in their, what they want to talk about. And so, um, it was, you know, it's, it's having one of my characters be a, a trans boy, um, I have to be really careful, not only to get it right, but to um, to find my place within that community, which is of an as right. a, an ally, yeah. but not someone who is in there. So not to be able not to you know uh, I don't want to be a spokesperson for that community because that's not my right. place. I'm I'm right. just offering this, but it's to me it's all about creative empathy. Yes, and. If we can extend our vision beyond who we are, then um, I think that helps everyone because it it just offers a multiplicity of of perspectives, you know. Completely. So agree. that was that it's was part fun. of it's part of that whole it's part of this clumsy dance yes. that we are having right now with you know it's like we all want to we all want to be at the dance <laughs> but like we're not sure. <laughs> When the steps, like, it's like, did I just crush your foot? I'm so sorry. I did not mean to do that. Like, exactly. I want to dance with you, you know? <laughs> like, because that's, yeah, and it happens, it happens across the board, you right. know? And, oh, and that, I, that, I shouldn't you know, have put, through art I shouldn't and, have put my arms, my, my hands down there by your exactly, waist. I'm sorry. I'll exactly, put them by the shoulders next exactly. time. I'm sorry. I misinterpreted what <laughs> I thought this dance was. I actually am, I realize I'm too close. I've gotten too close to you. <laughs> it's a whole thing. They started playing Dreamweaver. I thought it was that kind of dance and no it's not it's not yeah it's it'll be interesting to see how that evolves and I think that's the other thing that um that I that I think you know you and I are not young young people in the sense that we're not 20 we're not about to turn 21 we're not 16 we're not 13 um and I don't want to be like I feel like I check myself all the time, probably to the point of like, get, give yourself a break, Janet. Yeah. But I'm I'm so worried to be the like old fuddy-duddy, yes. like you said. I'm so worried to be the person who's like, this thing worries me. How do I check in with whether it's a good thing to worry about? Because it's also not cool to be like, cool, I guess heroin's cool now. <laughs> like, it's not cool to go like, well, someone else seems to think this is fine, so I guess I should. Yet at the same time, you don't want to be the person who's like... Well, now, I don't know, because in my day, we wouldn't have had that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to I don't want to be that person. And that is one of my biggest intellectual struggles and emotional struggles. I think it's like, obviously, I have all my own shit I'm Mm -hmm. dealing with. But in terms of how I function and contribute to sort of our Western culture as it exists in the immediate space around me and who is reached by how what I think or how I feel Mm -hmm. is like, I don't want to be left behind i absolutely don't want to you know i don't want to be like well the internet now hold on because people are getting very hurt by you know but at, at the same like, time but they are right and at, <laughs> so you what do you and at the same time it, it jumping into those waters trying to swim in them um you get to that 
point where you run up against what you don't know and yeah. and it can it can really freeze you into not yeah. doing anything because yeah. wait I oh wait oh did I say the right thing is that the right way we're talking yeah. about it now uh, yeah. it's just changed from yesterday but that's a it's a good thing and if you can yeah. allow yourself the grace yes. to you're yes. trying you 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 uh, recognize when you make a mistake and then you move on you know you don't make yeah. a big thing out of it you apologize well i think that's on. that's my favorite thing about the word progressive right mm. is like when you really think about what that means and that's not to say it's not been co-opted or that it's not you know come to mean something else or or whatever but like to me what it what i would like for it to mean across the board is like that pro- it's progress. That means we're right. not done mm-hmm. and we're never going to be done. And it's messy. And that's okay. Progress and is very messy. messy. It's so messy and stinky, <laughs> and, you know, a little grungy. Uh, there are going to be some broken bones. But, you know, are we who, who, who are we as a group of people that are made up of billions of tiny groups of people that are, you know, slouching our way towards Bethlehem or whatever. <laughs> uh, it's the most grim poem for me ever to, it's like such a grim poem. I don't, but I don't think we want to ally ourselves with the creature slouching towards Bethlehem. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I, what, I, all I'm saying is I want an apocalypse. What? Did I say something wrong? I'm a rude uh, beast. What can gosh. I say? My hour has come at last. Okay. With a gaze as blank and pitiless as the sun, what's wrong with that? Sounds pretty simple to me. Oh my gosh. Okay, so in yes. so knowing that you've sort of like there are things that got put away or there are things that that you know mm. that don't that you don't or haven't accessed or didn't access. Um, are there yeah. things that you remember about? Like who you Hmm. and the good news is we've talked so long about this book and I play a game uh, for like the last third of the podcast that you're like basically off the hook. We don't have to even (laughs) dig that deep. Um, But did you feel like were there things that you that you think about that you can remember as positive like influences or art that spoke to you that that, you know, that helped you feel seen or that, you know, you sort of could retreat into if things were not great on the surface in your day to day as as a teenager. Uh what which by the way for me, yeah. Harold and Maud was Oh really? Like my favorite movie as a young person and remains one of my all time favorite movies. And <laughs> so I the second they went to see Hall the Harold and Maud to Hollywood Forever, I just burst into tears. Oh. Like burst into tears. I mean, isn't it the perfect movie for like it's... fly your own freak flag, you know, yes. um, be who you want to be. Oh, it's so it's so timeless in that way. It's so incredibly dated. And, you know, and mm-hmm. when I saw it, it was incredibly dated. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I found it as a as a kid in the 90s. And yet and that's the other thing you I it's nice to remember. And what I loved about your book is like, like, I always love on TikTok when people are like, well, I personally am obsessed with Marlena Dietrich. And you're like, you're 12. <laughs> but then you're like, well, wait a minute. I could have I knew who Marlena Dietrich was when I was 12. Like, there's a continuum. And now there's the Internet. So everything is accessible immediately in a way that, you know, we would have to, like, dig through dusty, like, old oh, right. DVD yes. racks, yes. you know, to, like, try to find this movie that no one had ever heard of. And so to have that accessibility, it's like, oh, yeah, you can you can totally love Harold and Maude as a 14-year-old today and feel totally seen by it. And it doesn't matter that Harold isn't holding a cell phone. 
just like it doesn't matter that Harold was didn't have you know the reway calling like I did you know <laughs> as a teenager I was like I don't get this guy what's his story why are his lapels so big you know it's like no that's not what we're talking because, about here because we're talking about it's universal yeah. right that feeling of yeah. being an outsider being absolutely being terribly depressed <laughs> you know, all yeah of those things. absolutely plus there are things that you know um, Maude invented that they still don't, don't exist I mean there's I don't know of a place where I have a machine where I can just smell all the smells. I can't smell like a snowy, you know, Snow. New York street. Remember that? Oh, it's so good. Snow. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so was was there that for you? Oh my God, I'm talking so much in this episode. It's my worst. I'm over talking. Well, no, ever. and I, I apologize because I have a tendency to um, default to Barbara Walters. It's it's a very insidious, sneaky, <laughs> self-protective. Yes, I do that all yeah. the time. It's like all of a sudden people are like, wait, I, I, I asked one question of you and it's been two hours later and I've been talking about my entire past. So it's not you. It I'm is it is it is me. It is my uh, it is my own bugaboo. Um, I'd say because I don't know, I find that my high school was. And and I think other people would would not say the same thing who knew me then, but I feel like I was largely a shadow, just because I was gay. But I didn't know like when I was growing up, you couldn't be. There was no such thing as children and gay, right? Yeah. Like gay was these men with handlebar mustaches who are, you know, screwing around on on the docks, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, or in bushes and trees, you know, in parks and stuff. So um, there wasn't anything for me to latch onto. There wasn't a love Simon or a heart stopper or anything that you could say, oh, that's me. So yeah. I think I was on hold for most of my mm. high school. Well said. You know, um, well going through and and I think I was known as someone who was funny, mm-hmm. um, but not really being present hmm. because there was always that little there was a huge compartment that I was hiding and I couldn't yeah. you know uh, I couldn't enter into what everyone else was entering in because I wasn't interested in that you know so yeah. I didn't come out until I was like um, freshman year of college and that's when you know yeah. it all did yeah. it all it all it, no. uh, did it um, so yeah just to just to circle back on that for a second um so when you say it was on hold, like how, like how, because, you know, again, we have this sort of great look in uh, perspective from um, when we meet Jules mm-hmm. uh, and we and, and understand that, again, like it's so different for so many people and remains that today that there are still kids who are, you know, just living in a place or an environment yeah, or exactly. just in the place in their own head where they just they just don't. You know, it's not it's not there yet, um, because either because it's not safe for it to be mm-hmm. there, or because maybe they're just developed differently. You know, it's so hard because when we have something about us that's quote unquote different from the quote unquote average, um, like we don't know. I think you spend your whole life doing this. Is like you don't know what's that and what's just normal. Yes, like normal. Right. It's like 
uh, like, oh, I, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't comfortable with my sexuality at all until I was 18. And maybe that's because I'm queer. And then somebody who's straight as an arrow, sis, 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 is like, <laughs> dude, I also had like zero sex drive at all until I was 18 and someone smooched me. And I was like, hi, like, you know what I mean? And so yeah. we don't, but that person doesn't think about it on quite the same level because they don't also have these other variables that make them feel other, that make them feel like, you know, who do I talk to about this? Or what is this? What's the shape of this? Right. So that's another thing, right? Is like, and when where just, do we... It's amazing. That's yeah. why as bad as the internet can be, it does give you like yes. it, somebody can find things. Someone can find yes. their community. Whereas before Absolutely. you were just in your own, you know, your own town and you didn't know anyone who who had the same sexuality as you or anyone who was questioning. So you definitely felt like you were weird. You were so uh different that that it that you couldn't speak of it you know that it was a bad yeah. thing so yeah. that's why it's so good to be able to write to write a positive <laughs> love story i mean probably a lot of that is is me kind of reliving my high school and and wishing oh i wish i could have had that yeah you know? I get that. Which means, get basically that. means I'm in arrested development for my my 16 to 17-year-old <laughs> self. No, 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 no. <laughs> You got a paid even $1 to do that. Therefore, it's not arrested development. That's art, baby. You, uh, That's your job. Totally different. We get to be cartoon characters. That is our job. Yeah. It doesn't mean that we're also just children who are excited to, like, play with other kids. Um, I'd say books. Um yeah. Going into, you know, Stephen King books and where there's a hor- horrible monsters and, and yet you can, you know, usually by the end you can fight them. Um, yeah. And uh, Lord of the Rings and Dune, science fiction, fantasy. Those are all uh, refugees. Refugees. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's such big themes yeah. and they they're, they they create these all-encompassing worlds where if you're a kid who and even if you're not, but if you're a kid who who isn't feeling like this reality is doing much for them for one reason or another, mm-hmm. you know, how amazing to have the gift of someone who's like step in here, you know, <laughs> right. and to really feel like, "Oh, I was there." I mean, I remember when the never-ending story came out and, you know, going and seeing it in a theater and just the electric feeling of all the people, not just kids. I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but the, <laughs> really? the feeling, the feeling that that they did. I do feel like they capture and certainly in the book, which I loved uh, just as much, probably more. But um, uh, when you when he's in that, you know, dark room all by himself and he opens that book mm-hmm. and and it's real and you know it just that's so identifiable for so many of us um because it's that there are these amazing retreats that these edens that we can go into and the stakes are so much higher than our own stakes even though our stakes feel as high as those stakes so it's like oh i'm being recognized they recognize that this is just this monster is like my fear you know or the way that those things kind of stand in for for real life quote-unquote smaller steak stuff it's like and you get a fluffy dragon dog as well and you get a fluffy yet weirdly pearlescent scaly uh (laughs) dragon dog mixed feelings about that mixed feelings about the like i thought that would be your origin story for why you love dogs so much (laughs) no (laughs) 
I always wanted it's one of those. It's not, I don't think it's, no, I don't think it's Falcor. Because I do remember being a little weirded out by how <laughs> how he had fur. And scales. But unless I'm, mis- unless I'm mistaken, there is the sort of like, like mother of pearl Lee press on nail kind of scaliness to part of him. And that was like a weird, that was like, wait, both? Like I almost would have been better if it had just been all scales or mm-hmm. just all fur. But baby, that's not how we are. No. We could be a little of everything. Exactly. So you need to be I a little more accepting accept. of that. I need to be more accepting. I'm realizing now I had a bias <laughs> against the scale and fur combo, even though I love the replicants <laughs> from Blade Runner and there was uh, some different stuff going on there. Um, but yeah, so I, I love that you, that you, and it's, and, and the Stephen King thing is really interesting because it is, you know, what, like, you're so, there is just so much like straight white male energy to so mm-hmm. like to his stories yeah. yet at the same time he's tapping into something that that is so much more universal than that right and very and it's, it's like but it's also oh you know how in the shining the the father is the you know, you know he's 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 tapping into kind of primal Mm-hmm. fears that you have of your father wants to kill you, you know, yeah. things aren't safe at home. They, Your parents yeah. can't help you, that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ugh, it, it is the, that's oh, wait, like the wait, quintessential. Wait, though. Did you read the book? It? Yes. Have you read well, it recently? I, yes. And I know. Oh my like God, a, it's, I know horrible. It's, I know a horrible the, the, it's a well, horrible book. It's a horrible book. It's a horrible, it's a horrible book. Okay. I mean, let's just set set aside the the massive problem. The massive problem of yes, many teenage boys and one girl. Right. If we yeah, just set yeah. aside that, if you read yeah. it, I'm sure he was doing cocaine during that period because <laughs> because or he was being written by like he would describe like every single thing in a in a in a bathroom sink, you know, behind the mirror. <laughs> he was like, and there was NyQuil. And then there was, and there was Dimatussin. And then there was, and I looked at it and it was soap. And there was a razor. I'm like, are you being paid by the word? What is going on here? I had to do it. I had oh to read it God. for, a, for um, oh, no. uh, an audio book for a learning ally. And at some point I just gave up. And I just like oh read God. it completely really flat because funny. I was so incensed by That is so funny. I'll uh, tell you, I gotta be honest, and I wish that I were cool enough to say that I didn't notice that. I probably listened to the audiobook version of it maybe eight years ago. Oh, okay. And I I listen to audio like if I'm listening to an audiobook that is that long, <laughs> I feel very comfortable like putting it into like a pretty fast speed because I oh, really? can listen very, very quickly. Oh. So all of that stuff, just like I don't even remember that. All I remember is just the wash of the idea of kids being there for each other when the adults are useless. Like that is the sort of I just sort of got that wash and like skipped past the that scene. Um but uh, yeah, what an odd. What can we thing. do to inspire courage? Well, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, I know. And maybe that's wishful thinking. Maybe it's like because <laughs> I had the same thing that other people had, which was I one hundred percent forgot that existed. Like I put it, like my t- my tiny kid brain who read those kinds of books way too young because I yeah. just got my hands on them. Like I erased that. Like, I had no idea that that existed. Someone tried to tell me, like, but, you know, that there's that whole scene in the book. And I was like, no, I don't know. <gasps> I was like, I must have read a copy that that wasn't <laughs> in. 
censorship does work. And that's work. the reason I listened to the audiobook <laughs> is that I hadn't read it since I was a, like literally like 11. Uh-huh. And so I listened to the audiobook and I got to the part I was like, oh, yeah. no, I'm sure that I'm sure this wasn't in the book I read. <laughs> you know, it's like, get it. I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, selective memory, my yes. friend. No, I mean, if I had never read another Stephen King after high school, I would have thought the yeah. same thing. It just yeah, I yeah, happened to yeah. revisit it. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, but he was really important. And he was the first kind of author that was doing interesting things with like phrasing and how um, and how to write down stream of conscious, you know, thoughts. He was. Yeah, yeah he was good. Well, he was a con- he was contemporary, and then I'm gonna stop talking about. We don't need to give him. He's he's fine. He's, he's fine. fine. He doesn't he need doesn't a book need plug. Me to t- talk about him or how good about he was, but <laughs> he gave you that feeling that, um, you know, as a young person, he was like this adult. Like I'm can I can read adult books. Like this grown up gets me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's cool. I'm cool. Like we're cool. <laughs> There's a sort of, which is kind of a peculiar place to be if you're not setting out to write a YA book that I was I just talked about this recently on my podcast with someone else, so I won't drill it in but like what does it feel like to be a Tori Amos where you're like oh I I have hit something I've hit an age group that I wasn't necessarily going and I can't mm-hmm. speak for her maybe she was mm-hmm. but you know for me her music I don't need her music but I sure needed it when I was you know 22 I just I needed it I don't need it anymore it doesn't speak to me anymore mm-hmm. um, but I just think it would be interesting to if if you are not setting out to reach a certain generation um, and you reach them anyway and you're like why don't it's weird. It's like, none, no, I never see anyone my age at my shows. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wonder what that feels like. It's not a good or bad thing. I just wonder. And I think, you know, Stephen King's fine. He's everyone of all ages reads his book, blah, blah, blah. But for me, it was about, you know, all right. like I'm not think, being a kid who thought I was like in in the club of grown up books. Does that make sense? Yes. But now let's let's do the inverse. OK. All right. So how do you what's your what's your relation with um YA books. Oh, I love them. As an adult, I love them. Isn't it I love interesting? Because yeah. YA books reach this audience that I don't know that they intended to, but yeah. and I I myself I'm as snobby as the next person about, oh, this is literature, this is not literature. And yet, yeah. like I'll read Heartstopper, which yeah. is now a the Netflix show, you know? And it completely consumes me and I obsess yeah. over it. I, yeah. There's something about YA that is like it mainstreams emotions right into your vein, right? And that's why this podcast is this podcast because I think you hold on to that. Oh, you hold on to that even if you're not holding on to the specific memories. There's something that stays mm. with you, and it's not arrested development. It's just the empathy that you grow to have for yourself as a younger person, as an adult. And I don't think that ever goes away. I think that that it's that particular time in life is so fraught it's so fraught and it's so and i feel like it 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 cements emotionally in you in a different way than like any other age and so it doesn't it makes sense to me that those that that those books that you know a book like yours i there is no part of me that's like i mean it is a ya book (laughs) like not at all i only say ya frankly because i feel like people are more interested when they hear it's ya Uh, i think you know what i mean it's like it's a ya book it goes in that genre but also like I think every adult I know is like, oh, I'll read a YA book. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, there's like, 
ain't no shame in that, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, so, and, and yet you want younger people to, to read it too. So it's like, great, let's, let's, let's call it a YA book. Like with Korra or, or Avatar. Call it whatever you want. It's going to find the audience right. that it deserves. And that audience is every age. Yeah. That's, you know? That's, that's so true. I mean, it just... I... When Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda came out, which is that the book that um, Love Simon was based on, yes, yes, I just remember just I like I read it twice. I listened to the audiobook, and I just couldn't because you're going into that world. You're you're revisiting your own adolescence, but it's going to come out in a better way. <laughs> you know yes, what I mean? Like, yes. oh, it's it's Absolutely. okay. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Do you sometimes wonder whatever happened to the kids at your school who really loved Star Trek? You might remember a kid like me, the one who read the Star Trek novels and built starship models. I also took music classes to avoid taking gym classes that required showering after, but I don't see what that really has to do with- Or a kid like me. I introduced myself to kids at my summer camp one year as Wesley, but when the school year started and some of those kids were in my new class, I actually had to explain to my friends that I had tried to take on the identity of my favorite Star Trek character. The shame haunts me to this day. I'm sure some of those Star Trek fans from your childhood grew up to have interesting and productive lives, but we ended up being podcasters. On The Greatest Discovery, you'll hear what happens to two lifelong Star Trek fans who didn't grow up to be great people, but just grew up to be people who love jokes as much as they love Trek. So listen to our new episodes every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to finish up with this MASH game. MASH stands for Mar- uh, Mansion, Apartment, Shack, and House. Uh-oh. Okay, so first category, for example, is let's do three books that you can jump into and sort of just be in yeah. that world and be with those characters. You're not reliving the plot. You can stop the t- time in that place when, whenever, you know, however you want it. It's just like I'm, I can hang out in the Shire before, during, or after this thing happens. doesn't matter. Um Three books that you would jump into and just sort of be in that world oh, and get gosh. the emotions that 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 bo- those books give you. Um, and by the way, it is really hard to answer off the cuff for like heavy duty stuff. So yes. we all understand and accept that this is like in this moment, my answers are these. Okay, in so you won't. Minutes, so you're saying you won't judge different. me for zero judge. Okay, zero judgment. All right, uh, Wrinkle in Time. <laughs> I would like to. I mean, I don't want to be in. I want to go with Mrs. Watson wherever she's going. Uh, I'd like to go to the planet Ixchel, probably, because that's where she... T- what? Oh, my... It's that's a necklace. That is the copy that I had. It's a necklace <gasps> that is, like, pretending to be the book. You are Meg Murray. That book is my Bible. Is it really? I don't have a... I don't believe in the Bible, and there's some religious stuff in there that... Meh. But that book, um, that was my... <gasps> That was my Herald and Mod before there was a Herald and Mod. I read that book over and over and over and over. It's the book that I feel it's the book that taught me, like, how to express compassion. You know, I still, like, I have talked about the first, like, year of my podcast, I compared everything to A Wrinkle in Time. Just (laughs) the whole idea of, like, she doesn't have, I'm going to cry, she doesn't have the strength and the might that it has, right. but she can love Charles Wallace. She has love. She can sit there and she can she can stand there and she can love him. So, and the idea, you oh. know, that that is what breaks you through, that filmy red that we all find ourselves being dragged into mm-hmm. in our darkest moments, um, 
you know, it's just like it was a life changer for me. And the idea of what a star is, ugh, all of that was like we can all fight the dark the dark thing. Right. We can all fight the black thing, you know? Unless they banned the book, of course. But um Oh my god, don't even No, wait, fun don't fact. I did an adap- a stage adaptation of A Wrinkle you in did? Time, which is one of four that is licensed by the yeah. the, the Madeline Lengel estate. Oh, I would have loved see, to that's see why that. that's that's fair. we have a similar. We do, you know, we do. We felt it. Yeah. we felt it pretty. So well, yeah, I, I would love to. I would love to fly on Mrs. What's It right there with you and be with that land where all the flowers are like kind of singing and they smell yes. amazing. Yes, and and you can be on her wings that are like rainbows. Yes, right. Let's oh, go. okay. Gosh. We'll go together. It's and okay. also, yeah. uh, and also, and my my higher power. Not that I'm in a program, but I sort of have like I, I've I've sort of like had it around me my whole life for like lives that have been saved of people I love by the programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's definitely my higher power. Aunt Beast is my higher power. Oh, Aunt it's, Beast! It's a it's a it's a furry blind creature that. When your whole body oh. and heart are aching and frozen, she just comes and she wraps herself around you oh. and she warms your fingers and you're kind of mad at her for a minute because you're mad about something. And she will, and she just but goes, she won't be yell back at you. She will she just won't hug engage. you. She, she just, just right. She realizes the trauma inside <sighs> you, and she yes. needs to warm it away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're my new best friend. You're my new best friend. Okay. Okay. Wrinkle in time. Um, I oh, would like yeah. to go to the Jungle Book, but yeah. during not the time when Shere Khan is around, but just yeah. to be able to be around Bagheera and all yeah. the wolves and be able to yes. speak their language. Yes. Um, so yeah, with oh, that without the without the carn- carnivore yeah, no, there's trying no, to stalk there's you. only there's only the safe and good and wonderful unless you want otherwise. Um, okay, great. What's number three? Ah! Um, <laughs> number three. Um, oh, hmm. I guess I would like to have experienced Barbary Lane from uh, Tales of the City, yes. just to be to be young. And to have yeah. met Miss Madrigal and to have had those kind of open experiences and be yeah. unafraid to yeah. partake of them. That, I mean, listen, yeah. this is getting so old, but I just want you to know that I moved to San Francisco because I was in love with the city, didn't know anything else about it other than that I felt called there, could not have like consumed Tales of the City more, love the actual little Barbary Lane that, he, oh. that Armstead was inspired by. Like was uh, wanted to go all the places. Was like, ooh, the Safeway in the marina is kind of the same. <laughs> Wait, did you feel like a Marianne? Having just that's a great question. There? That's a great question. Um, I, I yeah, I guess I kind of did. I guess I kind of did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I what? Yeah, I was. I certainly moved there a lot more um, evolved, like sexually and stuff, than than a Marianne. Mm-hmm. But um, but I definitely, I definitely identified with her. But I also felt like you know. Part of me was mouse, and mm-hmm. part of me was you know. There's a lot of, a lot of great characters in that. Wow. All right. Okay. I gotta stop. I gotta stop trying to show off to you to make to no. Make that's our bond. We're bonding. Flower. We're book bonding. But it's it's definitely bonding. Okay. Next one is I gotta do this for any Avatar fans who are listening. Let's do three Avatar characters that it would be fun to sort of like get to hang out with for a day. Fun. Uh... Hmm. 
And that can mean anything. That could mean like, look, Azula's. I, you're, ah. I'm in a safety bubble. I'm not. She's. Not, she can't hurt me. I just get to sort of like get up close to that energy and just. No, that energy wow, is so this toxic. Is really interesting. No, no, it's just too toxic. It's just. No, that would be too much Some like. That would be too much like home. Right up there. It would be too much like home. Oh, there so. you go. There you go. Um, definitely tough. Yeah. I like her insouciance. Yes. And and her her easy ability to do stuff. Um, Absolutely. Uh, you know, I got to hang out with Zuko just because he's, you know, he's really cute. Um, yep. yep. <laughs> and maybe he'll, you know, that bad boy will will, will fall for me. Maybe. Maybe he I might. can, you know. Who he knows? might. <sighs> and who else? Um, hmm. Well, I, I guess I would like... Oh, this this will work with Zuko too, because then I can hang out with Uncle Iroh, and he can Absolutely. kind of, you know, be the the benevolent uncle that I never had. Absolutely. Okay. Next one: three places in the world that you would love to have a, a second home if um, we could just teleport you there. Hawaii, the Big Island, on the Kona side. Yep. Um, that would be lovely. Thank you. And can you get me a place that doesn't erode and fall into the into the Done. ocean? Thank you. Or Done. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. And then from there, I guess I would go to um, Vietnam and mm-hmm. have a place probably s- southern, maybe in the southern area, um, maybe Ho Chi Minh City. Great. And then I can eat a lot of great food. Um, and the last one would be, uh, Rome. Great. And that's also for the food. Great. Okay. Next one is three plays that you get to play any character you want in. And it's almost like a sort of Mrs. What's It situation where, Uh um, you know, you may not be a straight woman, but there's something about this character that calls to you. Oh, honey, it's going to be all women. (laughs) (laughs) Honey. Bring it on! Bring it on! All my answers were always men. All my answers were always like, um, okay, I would want to play Mercutio. I would want to play, yeah. Uh, great. Uh, Medea? Give them to me. Medea? I would love yes, to play indeed. Medea. Oh, here's a part that's not, uh, that is somewhat feminine. Um, I never got to play um, song in yeah. uh, M. Butterfly. Yes. And that that was such a great role. Um, Very special. Yeah. Very special. So there you go. And the third... Um, huh. Who would it be? Um, oh, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, go to Shakespeare. Shakespeare always has the good characters. Uh, that's right. That's right. Oh, well, they, oh, this is another guy. So um, Richard II. Oh, great. I like, I like, he, he's very, you know, ambivalent about everything. And I like that. I guess great. I should have said Hamlet, though, shouldn't I have? I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would want to play Hamlet. Why? I gotta be honest with you. I mean, I don't know. I think he's just, he's, he's so famous oh. and there have been so many takes on him. Uh-huh. Um, although when I was, uh, when I was younger and they, that movie, oh my God, what was Outrageous Fortune? Is that what it is? Yes. yes. Shelley Long is yes. obsessed with playing Hamlet. I definitely <laughs> identified with that and was like, I'm sure I'll also play Hamlet someday, <laughs> Shelley. Uh, um, oh my Lord. Okay. 
uh, no, I was more of like obsessed with playing puck, which I did get to do. Like, definitely wanted to be the sort of androgynous. Well, that was could be anybody. Oh, wait, let me tell you a really quick androgynous Shakespeare story. Please, I was doing um, the Tempest in an outdoor theater uh, in Oak Park, Chicago, near Chicago. Oh, this is this is the this is the one thing that that haunts me to this day. So you know, at the very end, <laughs> oh, and there's a series of like wooden platforms, and and they're slightly sloped, and then stairs, uh-huh. I, and then another, yes. and then another platform, and then the ladder yeah. that takes you over the other side. So it's outdoors. It's the very end where where Ariel gets set free and he says and he says fly my chick or whatever and then Ariel's like I am free and then he's supposed to like go off into this great you know burst into the air right Uh and I'm supposed to like jump on this platform climb the steps jump on another platform and then somehow just make my way over the ladder so (laughs) I go to the first set of stairs and I trip and I fall flat (laughs) and I'm like oh that was so bad Oh, it's like God. you know, you just stumble know, and then you fall, that, and you're like, yes. "That that will stay with me for oh, for a very God. long time." If that's a that's a, that's a delightful and sweet fiasco, a <laughs> theatrical fiasco. Like, no, not everyone's heart broke for you. You know, everyone oh, like, wanted no. one to pity me. If I know, I know. None of us want that, but we appreciate you. Appreciate that the energy from the audience is almost universally. Oh. If I could have undone that and given and given him what he went for, I would. Like that's yeah. that's that's a lot of goodwill. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, next category. Let's do three skills that we're going to sort of give you that you've almost downloaded Matrix style. Like you wake up tomorrow. What three skills? Uh, you're going to end up with one of them in the end. That's up to me. Um, three skills you would love to have that either you have and you would love to be a genius at or that you're like, I could never even try to do this thing, but I'd love to be great at it. I'd love to um, learn Japanese. Great. I would love to learn how to, like, hammer something into a piece of wood without without the nail kind of going crazy and making little worms on the outside of your... <laughs> Outside of your, your board. Carpentry. Car- yeah, carpentry. yeah, because I'm so Master very bad. carpentry. I'm so bad. Yeah. And um, I would like to be uh, someone who can make sushi at the at the drop of a hat. Love it. Speaking of food, yeah. three foods in this reality that we're creating, this alternate universe, there's wow. no ramifications. To the earth, to you, nothing caloric, nothing oh. damaging, oh. no hurt, hurting of animals, anything. Three things that you're going to be able to have at the snap of your fingers, however much you want. Oh, that's easy. Doesn't mean you're eating it all the time and only that. Right. But three things you would love to have whenever you want. Barbecue. Great. And lots of barbecued ribs. Thank you. And yes, barbecue, barbecue, barbecue. Dim sum. Like a cart that has, you know, the carts are going to come by and they're going to be everything on there that even the ones that you can't find, you know, usually. Uh, So, yeah, because dim sum is so, so much. Yes, dim sum and uh, pasta. All the pasta I could eat. Yes, indeed. Okay, I got right. two categories left. I'm going to throw this in there. Mash as a when you're playing this as a young person, there's always some element of romance or companionship. So uh, three mm. people. It can be characters um, from books, movies, cartoons, real life. You know, celebrities who are long gone, but that you love the era of this when they appeared in such and such. Three that you would love to have uh, some 
temporary romance sexy times with or long-term companionship, whatever you want. And so this is an this is in the multiverse where I don't have a husband? Correct. Okay. This, so is, an, this is a multiverse where I don't think your husband is exists. I mean, it's just a multiverse. It's a multiverse situation. So oh. mm. he's literally isn't there. So we got to just like give you some something to tide you over. Okay. So, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I guess I would say, um, oh, golly, Keanu Reeves um, around the time of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes. Um, Jason Lee, do you remember him? I do. In his Jungle Book. Can we be <laughs> in the Jungle Book? <laughs> he could be my Mowgli. It. How about that? I love it. <laughs> oh, and, um, oh, who did I? Peter Frampton. <laughs> Amazing. Come on. Amazing. You look, I just looked at that, al- that album cover. You know, where he's, he's, he's in that pink glow, and his lips yeah. are slightly parted, oh, yeah. and his oh, pants are yeah. so very tight. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Right? Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay. And then the last one is three artists. Now, this could be, it's art in any of its forms, living or dead, that you would love to collaborate <sighs> on something with. And you don't even know have to know what that is. You could say, you know... I love this painter. I have no idea what we would do together, but I would want to collaborate with them. But it could also be I would love to write a play with Oscar Wilde or whatever. So three artists of some kind that you would love to collaborate with and um, time and life and death are of no consequence. Oh, my gosh. It's not a thing. Uh, Neil Gaiman. Um, I'd love to enter into a fantasy world with him and and kind of create something. I mean, I could really see that happening. Oh, that would be so good. I would love to uh, collaborate with Ian McKellen. Great. You know, great, great, that great. would be really exciting. Hell yes. Um, and, oh, we can we can edit out silences. That's great. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a, um, <clears throat> there is a theater troupe called, um, oh, shoot. It's a French one. Mm-hmm. Something La Complicité, where they do mm-hmm. a lot of... Um, physical activity and Ooh, I, cool and, and you know they, they 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 create the whole world with just like a board and a and a pipe and then you know they create everything uh théâtre de complicité okay théâtre de complicité so i'd like to kind of be in their troupe i mean i don't even know their work so i'm gonna have to do some research oh, it's so amazing it's so amazing okay oh that's exciting okay give me a number between one and seven. Eight. Oh. <laughs> Yep. No, 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 no. I love you. I'm absolutely using it. That's I can't believe how fast you knew that and then you but you didn't do it on purpose. That is like so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna use that number to determine which of these in each of these categories you're gonna end up with in your one hundred percent guaranteed alternate universe future. Um I would love for you to use this time, uh again, we can edit out silences, so if you Run out of talking. That's also fine. But will you please tell people, um, mm-hmm. again, we'll just reiterate the name of the book, which is absolutely not Electric Boogaloo, and <laughs> uh, and where they can get it and your uh, previous book. I'd love for you to uh, – any plays that – you know anything that you would like people to find or follow you or know about, this is a, a great moment to reiterate that stuff. All right. Um, my book is called uh, All Kinds of Other. It was published by HarperCollins, so you can get it most anywhere. Um, if you have a local bookstore, you can order it there. Uh, the paperback just came out in May, 
and um, it has some bonus material. It has some um, some Ooh. an extra chapter, of, and oh. and it's oh. filled with joy. It's a, it's a chapter what? of joy. I'll send it. I'll send it. I'll send you. Oh, thank God. Um, yeah. Uh, um, my previous book was Still Life, Las Vegas. It's a hybrid um, graphic novel slash uh, literary, you know, uh, literary novel. Um, and I'm at SeaWorld, S-I-E-W-O-R-L-D dot com. And you can find me there. And, you know, I'm also on Instagram. And I, I try to avoid Twitter as much as I can. So, yeah, not there. Um, um, yeah. What's wrong with toxicity? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here is what I'm about to tell you, oh which I'm feeling pretty good about. Right. Uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you on this is funny because while you have uh, a home in Ho Chi Minh City or somewhere somewhere thereabouts yes. in South, uh, South Vietnam, that goes without saying. Obviously, you have a, a, a second home there. You are going to speak Vietnamese. So you've got Vietnamese. Obviously, oh, you've got okay. English. Perhaps you have something else going on that I don't know about. You had a very, very nice uh, accent français. Um, but you also are fluent in Japanese. Wow. So fluent in Japanese. Um, I want to congratulate you on, but it, now it, it, again, MASH stands for Mansion Apartment Shack House. It is an apartment in Vietnam. It's not a shack. It's not, not a mansion. Who wants a mansion anymore? Not me. Mm. Um, you have uh, this extraordinary opportunity to enjoy a collaboration with Sir Ian McKellen. <gasps> oh, Cool. You, I, I hope that you're still able to do that. I know you're going to be very busy uh, portraying Song and Madam Butterfly and M. Butterfly. Um, so you have that. You also, uh, <laughs> no, I got to save that. I got to save it. Uh, you have uh, the a, a friend in the delightful and sage Uncle Iroh. <gasps> who I have a feeling is going to be hitting you up for some of your endless guilt-free barbecue ribs Ooh. i feel he's gonna get in on that for sure there'll be a I feel tea, he be a in on the pasta rub. and the dim sum as well there'll be a little matcha yeah he's gonna be rib. like what is the perfect tea for barbecue ribs <laughs> ginseng um and you also have the ability to jump into a wrinkle in time <gasps> and somewhere in all of this you're managing to find out just how tight those pants are on Peter Frampton because you also got him as your plaything in this alternate mash universe. I'm very pleased. Oh, I am so. I see a lot of delicious food in your future because you have a lot of locations that also offer uh, delicious, delicious food. Maybe it's that I'm getting hungry. Will you come with me to to the Wrinkle in Time? Oh, I thought you'd never. We'll eat the ambrosia and oh, it's gonna be so great. Okay. Oh, good, good. And when and when we start to get a little breathless, we can dip our face into <gasps> flowers that somehow yeah. like just give us oxygen in life. Did, and we both had we both had so crushes good. on Cal, didn't we? Oh, for sure. Okay, so maybe he can for come sure. and we can kind of you know. Yeah. We'll see. Absolutely. We'll see. Who Absolutely. I'm great with it. <laughs> um, I think I might have also had a crush on Meg's mom because <laughs> she's like. <laughs> So beautiful yeah. and so down to earth. You know, they really make her like the perfect, perfect lady perfect and a scientist. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, this has been 
more than a joy. I know I, that is so, I'm so transparent. There is nothing. What if I was like, now this was a letdown, but <laughs> hopefully people don't read your book or whatever. Um, no, this. I feel so lucky to have stolen this much time from your Saturday and I want you to go spend it with your family. But um, And maybe a bird that I may have heard in the background that yes. I feel like is your actual, maybe a bird or two. Um, but thank you so much for doing this. Oh, and thank you for um, I'm so I'm so happy that we're in each other's worlds. Uh, and it's hilarious that it's the cabbage merchant that that initiated that. But it's starting to feel like it would have happened wh- whether or not that existed. <laughs> Somehow I would have found you. <sighs> I'm glad to have, oh, you're have found you, too. So you're wonderful. Um, okay, everyone. Well, I will. Uh, I, oh, oh, I, I, forget, I always forget to do this, even though I've been doing this podcast for as many decades. No, decades, as many <laughs> years as I have. If you have any working knowledge of the Don Henley song Boys of Summer, uh, that is the sort of theme of, of my summer that when I have uh, male identifying folks on. So um, if you can think of any of it, I want to welcome you to try to sing whatever snippet, even if it's like. <laughs> Do you have you ever, ever even heard it? No. I think it's for the best. Okay. I think it's for the best. That's why I've mostly retired it. Um, Ask me any great. Joni Mitchell song. I could certainly, oh, you know. Would you stop it? Please stop doing this. <laughs> Don't. We could croon together, ladies of the I canyon. I'm so angry. That's the only stuff. That's all I learned to play on guitar. And her tunings are all Crazy. weird and wonky. But yeah, super obsessed with her from, you know, childhood on. Like, what an amazing woman. Um, my current favorite Joni Mitchell song for the last, like, five years is, is Hijira. That is my current favorite song. Me too. No, it's not. It is. No, it's I not. I love Hijira. No, it's not. Yes. Actually, because of those, yeah. wait, oh, because wait. Of those lyrics. My husband, when we got married, he brought a, a guitar player to the reception and he sang... Hejira for me. So I, I'm getting chills. It was great. Of course, of course you do. Yeah, of like, course. Wait, wait. Though the song is about like you know being in between relationships, so I don't know why he thought that would be a good one, but he knew I loved it, <laughs> right? Yeah, because he knows it's the it's he knows it's the idea of you know it's that it's it's the you know. It's this. It's the from the forceps to the stone. It's that. It's the. It's the existential heartache and joy of being a human that that song captures that is so far beyond the reach of relationship just one romantic relationship that it's like it's about everything you know (laughs) um yeah that i can't like every time i try to sing along with it i start crying and then i'm like i I, i'm like no this is really dumb like (laughs) you should be able to get through a song without crying i got that from my dad he can't get through i mean he was teaching cyrano with tears streaming (laughs) down his face in high school hey if you can get all of the lyrics to that um just singing extemporaneously that's pretty that's pretty good wow i get the you know what i get the verses mixed up because they're they don't necessarily go in an order and song for sharon is also like that where you're like wait wait so good where does that go exactly woman ring goes Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah. All right. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, you're wonderful. This has been amazing. Everybody else, I forgot that this was a podcast. So uh, I hope people have enjoyed listening to this as much as I have enjoyed making it. Um, I'll talk to you all next time. Thank you, James. Bye. Thank you. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing. Say hi. Hey, you're not the one.
Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.